Transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California, now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Night has fallen on the desert in this holy land. Tonight we are going to hear some desert stories from you. From our radio fellowship, from the good people who listen to this program and take the time to put a stamp on a postcard or an envelope and address it to our post office box here in the Mojave Desert. That's box 1735-1735-92252 if you're curious. One of these days, I'd like to have a post office box in all my favorite little desert towns. One in each of the American deserts. Then that could be my racket, my route, my route. Check the mail in Joshua Tree and then off to Bisbee. Spend a week there, host a show at the watering hole or that little trailer court. Then run over to Silver City, do a show at Mix 33, spend an afternoon at the Historical Society going through weird old documents. Take a hike in the Piney Mountains and then hit the road again. No time to waste. On the clock. It's a broken clock, but it's mine. Because there's another post office box to check and collect from. Just an easy half-day haul away. And we'll make the time for lunch at the L&J Cafe. That's down in El Paso. Get out before the traffic. Gotta get to Marfa. We've got to get to Marfa. If we land on the right day, a restaurant might be open. I was talking about Marfa with somebody not long ago, and she said, Well, you've got more restaurants in Yucca Valley. And I said, Yeah, but I'd trade all those dreary chains and franchises for some of your two-days-a-week joints or one-day-a-week joints with good food. But we've got some decent places to eat out here in my neighborhood, too. We don't talk about them because they are full enough right now. I mean, when the dining rooms are open.
which they will be again, hopefully, pretty soon. And such talk is making me hungry. After the show, I'm going to run down the block and pick up my Friday night favorite to go for now. Gotta keep your neighborhood restaurants afloat during these rough times if you can. If you're missing your neighborhood saloon or tavern or diner, or Mexican joint or sushi shop, you can bet they miss you too. If they're open for takeout, make sure to order, make sure to tip like you're dining in. Tips aren't really tips at all. A tip is like, I don't know, saying, I don't know, when you don't know. That's a tip. Or many are called, but few are chosen. Or blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Or always carry condoms. Those are tips. When you live in a system in which people who work full-time are only half-paid for their work, and they rely on their customers for, I don't know, money for food of their own, then it's part of the price of dining out, which is one of the great joys in life at table with friends or even family if they can behave. Enjoying food and drink, be it humble or fancy. Now, from Marfa, I think I'd like to go down toward the border and take a dip in the Rio Grande, pay a visit to Big Bend. I haven't been there in decades. I did used to love going back and forth across the border all the time. But it has become such a dreary police state zone that I just don't enjoy it like I used to. Tear down this wall, Mr. Gorbachev. Tear down this wall. Next, I guess, we'll run up to Lubbock, Amarillo by morning, and then we'll head west to Las Vegas. The real one in New Mexico. Home of the outlaws, one of the prettiest old towns in the West. They've got, I think, the last Carnegie Library there. A well-known and often wild stop on the Santa Fe Trail. I could go on all night dreaming about being behind the wheel again 
dreaming about my all-electric four-wheel drive pickup truck, AM radio crackling with country-western classics, switching over to AM, searching for a truer sound. Round and round, the traveling life, it always rings true. Dear Desert Oracle, I'm excited to subscribe to the print edition publication from my favorite podcast, I was an archaeologist at Joshua Tree National Park from 2004 to 2006. It was a surreal time in my life, and the desert was the best setting for me to live through this strange time. I'm sure a lot has changed, but it is comforting to hear the Virginian is still there and the Del Taco still serves them up and the desert is still weird. Thanks for the memories. Carolyn in Missouri. P.S. My first week of work, I encountered a badger in a wash by Malapai Hill. That was the beginning of my love for the desert. Carolyn, thanks for this letter. Uh, Thanks for telling us about your time in Joshua Tree. It's all still here. The bar is closed for now, but it'll be open again. You can't keep Marines and park rangers away from their whiskey for too long. You know how they get. The Del Taco remains open, drive through only. If you're gonna have fast food, you can do a lot worse than the Mojave Desert's own burrito chain. Company headquarters still just up the road in Barstow. I'm sure glad you got to see a badger. What a welcome. Thanks for doing the important archaeology work out here in the early 2000s. There's a guy I see now and again who does that job now. And I always hope he'll be poking around an old mining homestead someday. And we'll discover a secret underground civilization beneath the Pinto Basin. Where all those UFOs like to hang around on hot summer nights. Dear Dio... Greetings from Louisville, Kentucky. Rest assured, we have a sane and sensible governor who is taking this pandemic seriously. And our family of three has been healthy and... 
healthy and healthy in place. Is that a phrase we're saying now? Healthy in place? I can't wait until all of this is over. Our family of three has been healthy in place for over 20 days now, so the dirty money enclosed is clean as can be. I found you through the podcast and now look forward to the field guide. Planting our spring garden and listening to episodes has brought much enjoyment. Thanks for your labor of love. 20 years ago now, I spent a season working in the Needles District of Canyonlands National Park. And visited the Mojave Preserve on my adventures around. The high desert is still an important part of my personal mythology. And your podcast, bring it right back. All best, Zach in Louisville. Well, Zach, I do admire all you people who do paying work in the national parks and the monuments and other such wild lands. And I especially appreciate it these days. I've often thought about it myself, but I could never decode the language. In the ranger trade, nobody ever says something clear and precise like ranger. But they do say a lot of things that sound like other kinds of pickup trucks, like, well, I was an S10 out of Badlands till they put me over to F-150 at Olympia. The Needles, now that is a wild place. It's got that certain kind of rock tower. Same sort of coloring as Bryce Canyon, but skinnier, like, I guess like Needles. Sometimes the name says it. Thanks for sending a check, Zach. I put on my gloves and my duck mask and my cowboy hat and a bandana. Got the Lysol wipes and the tweezers. And I guess I was feeling sort of woozy after all the pine saw I injected into my lungs. I guess I should not have turned on the White House briefing for medical advice. And now I can't sit down. My maglite's still up there. Anything for health, anything for science. Hi, Ken. Your radio program is keeping me highly entertained during this strange time. Thanks for keeping it going. I believe you once said that UFOs are very real, but you do not think that they are aliens. I believe you said you thought they were something that has been here all along. What did you mean by that? 
What do you think they are? I have been wondering about this for a very long time. I was hoping you would explain, but if you did, I never heard it. So please do so now. I, too, live for unexpected high strangeness. X-O-X. Lisa from Venice. I hope you remember me. Well, hi, Lisa. Of course I remember you. You bought me lunch at La Copine, which is closed for now, like a lot of things. I was hoping they would open up a drive-thru, maybe a drive-thru wine bar. Anyway, I don't know one way or another what's behind the spooky UFO sightings, the real experiences, the ones that get inside your head. The ones where there are people just standing out on the interstate, cars and semis stopped in the middle of the highway. Total silence, massive shapes moving like low-altitude barges. Beautiful blinding lights rotating and flashing and blinking. Those sinister spotlights making weird patterns on the open desert. So when I eventually came upon the theories of J. Allen Hynek and Jacques Vallee and John Keel and my ancestor Mead Lane, who first popularized the theory in the 1950s, it just made a lot of sense that these things which we only experience as temporary displays of energy and light and plasma and emotion and information do not permanently exist in our realm, our world, our dimension. Despite all of our telescopes in space and on the ground, Despite our space stations and satellites and moonwalks and dozens of robots on Mars, the only planet we know of that's exclusively inhabited by robots, we experience the strange things right here on Earth. Lights shining into our bedroom windows, football field-length silent monoliths hovering over the Albertsons Grocery in the Antelope Valley, or over downtown Phoenix, or the Hudson Valley, or Lubbock, or Belgium, or China, or Brazil. Mead Lane thought they were from alternate dimensions. Alternate worlds alongside our own. Valley and Heineck were less sure, but agreed on the ultra-dimensional hypothesis. Valley in particular was interested in how similar our UFO experiences are to all the classic encounters.
with animal familiars, elves, trolls, goblins, gremlins, etc., etc. John Keel and Robert Anton Wilson and John Lilly all suspected a kind of artificial intelligence, a solid-state intelligence communicating through our technologies, through our brains, through methods and means we are only beginning to comprehend. Smoke and mirrors, mostly. A lot of it occurs in the percipient's mind. There is a bubble around the experiencers during the experience. This comes up time and again. The regular sounds go silent. Crickets, wind, traffic, sirens. While a hum or vibration known so well to the Hindu mystics puts us into a trance. When it's over... And I say this both from a lot of research and my own experience, reality sort of turns back on. And once again, there are cars on the highway, wind rustling through the trees, distant sound of everyday life. And yet, something real has occurred. Something physical, if not solid, entered your perception and you responded in the physical world. You pulled off the highway. You felt the chills, the euphoria, the awe. You were awestruck. As Moses was on the mountain, staring at the sagebrush illuminated from within, the weird lights that caught his eye and lured him up the mountain. The spinning lights over the desert highway that made the future St. Paul drop to the ground. The lights that left him temporarily blinded, his life forever changed. The otherworldly light and inspiration that struck Joan of Arc like a weapon from a sci-fi movie that spoke to the children at Fatima, Portugal a century ago. Warning of the pandemic. Warning of ecological catastrophe in the century ahead. Carl Jung wrote a slender book on the topic, too, about this odd phenomenon, how it often delivers prophecy and just as often dumps a lot of nonsense. So I may be a little closer to feeling some confidence in what UFOs are not, and I'm always interested in those who explore the lonely roads of this topic, the people who claim no easy answers... The people who don't get their theology from Hollywood blockbusters, but I do not know what they are. Only that every part of history is marked by dramatic encounters with whatever the hell it is. Whoever they are, if they are. 
Jung thought maybe we generated the stuff ourselves through some as yet undiscovered method, the same invisible network that allows premonition, psychic communication, remote viewing. Blast of inspiration. Let those who have eyes see. With our thoughts, as the Buddha said, we create the world. Being enlightened, having seen the light, like Hank Williams sang, praise the Lord, I saw the light. Oh, I lost my mail pile. Here we go. A postcard, a lovely postcard of the New Deal National Park poster for Saguaro National Monument, now a national park. The two-headed preserve, that's the only thing keeping Tucson from becoming Phoenix, or another Phoenix anyway. The third Phoenix. 31720 from the Space Between the Cactus Needles, Dear Desert Oracle, Ken and Crew. Thank you for showing me how to fall in love with the desert all over again. With love, ADW. You are most welcome, ADW. Thanks for giving us a reason to do it. I got one more here. This did not come through the usual post office box. This one was on my windshield. Left there while I was out hiking in a secret place with the dog the other day. It was inside a Forest Service fee envelope, which looks a lot like a parking ticket from a few feet away. Happily, it was not. Plus, this one smelled nice, like cinnamon and sage, something like that. From, it said, a girl and her dog. Best thing I've ever found stuck under the windshield wiper. Quick thanks to Kaylin McCord for sending me a copy of her latest tiny zine, very pleasing little booklet, this one called Notes from In Place, issue one, Red Queen Press, Oakland, CA. And this from Dylan from Headsplit Records, making handmade indie metal music in this absolute classic rock and roll newsletter with wild cartoon art and scissors and blood hand layout. Headsplit Records out of PDX. Hey, Desert Oracle, love the publication and listen to every episode of the radio show. Looking forward to your next issue of The Field Guide. Thanks for introducing me to the greatness of Red, Blue, Black, Silver. I thought maybe you'd get a kick out of my newsletter. If not, at least it should help out with the toilet paper shortage. It's all metal, so if that's not your bag, then it might drive you mad. (laughs) Ha ha, cheers, Dylan. Man, I love everything with heart and soul, anything made by people and not by conglomerates. So may the devil bless you for this mighty work, Dylan. Thanks for sending. From Amboy to Zizix and across the great Mojave wilderness, this is Desert Oracle Radio. We broadcast from Joshua Tree on Friday nights, locally from our home station, family-owned and operated KCDZ 107.7 FM. Only place you'll get local news around here. You can get our podcast wherever, but it's better on the radio. The way it was meant to be. 
We've got a Patreon set up as well, and I very much appreciate those of you who contribute to the operation. Thank you for being with us tonight. Good night from the Voice of the Desert. <laughs>